0: Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at eleven fifteen AM at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at ww.realchurchcawita.com. Or jump on Facebook at Real Church Cowita. I hope you enjoy this week's message. I still remember the first time that I realized that. Jesus was joyful. A lot of us don't understand that. I don't think, and I didn't understand it for a while. I didn't understand that Jesus was joyful. I didn't. I didn't, under, I didn't get that. Um, I grew up in a church. Uh, I didn't really grow up in a church. I, I went to church. Uh, I, I was a Christer, a Christer child, a Christmas and Easter kid. Uh, and I would go to a, some whatever church I would you know, be a part of or my mom and dad would be around. Honestly, it was most of the time a mileage issue. Uh, and so if, there, if the church was four miles away, we would go to that one. But if there was one that was two miles away, we'd go to that one. It didn't matter. Christmas and Easter pretty much is what we did. I'd get dressed up. Honestly, all I wanted was my presents and my um, solid chocolate bunny. That's all I wanted. Those are my two things. And I remember when I finally started going to a church, I went to a church and I remember that the sermons that I heard were all um, very stern is how I would describe it. And I didn't realize that I was supposed to have joy as a follower of Jesus. Uh, looking back now, I realized that that church had mostly religion uh, and not relationship, but I didn't realize that. And it wasn't until I remember this, it wasn't until I went to a passion play in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, there's a massive church called Bellevue Baptist in Memphis, Tennessee. It's massive. Matter of fact, the truck drivers that go past I 40, it's right there on the left, they call it Fort Jesus. That's what they call it. It's so massive. Now, you may know it because there was a pastor by the name of Adrian Rogers. Who was their pastor for years and years and years? This church is so large, it's got about 25,000 people that attend it every week. It's so large that they have a separate worship chapel for weddings only that seats around 1,000 people, and they have a full staff on their staff. They have a full staff uh, for, of wedding planners. Can you believe that? They do, it's true. And so it's a crazy thing. But I went to the Passion Play there, and it was intense. It was very intense. Uh, this church was so incredible that they actually had theatrical. They, they brought theatrical people from California in to do this passion play. And can I tell you something? When they said that Jesus rode in on a donkey in the church, he rode in on a donkey. I kid you not. There were camels in the sanctuary. I kid you not. There were goats. It was crazy. But I went to this passion play, and I'll never forget it because they showed, they showed uh, the scene Uh, they showed scenes in Jesus's life and they showed the scene where he turned water into wine. And they were showing the scene and they were, and here's the crazy thing that happened is that Jesus was actively dancing and and singing and doing all the traditional things that were occurring. And I'll never forget it because I was like, Wow, that's not the Jesus that I've heard about. I can't believe that. And I will never forget, literally, that is a turning point in my walk with Christ. Because you know what I thought? I thought, listen, I know that I kind of fail a lot of times, but that Jesus, the kind that would dance at a party, I can follow that guy. I can do that. I can't live up to all these rules and regulations that this church has been telling me about, but this guy over here, I can follow. I can follow that guy. I can do that. You know, I wanted to tell you, uh, some people ask me, now what's up with all the colors of the Advent? And and uh, I wanted to, to explain that a little bit to you. Uh, the Advent has three colors of purple, one of, of of pink, and then one of white in the middle. And the purple... The purple represent, it represents preparing your heart. Uh, we see the same colors leading up to Easter. Sometimes people during the Advent season actually fast just like they do during Easter, but it's the preparing of your heart. But sometime in the middle of that preparation, there's a turning point. There's a turning point. And when that turning point happens, it's all downhill from there right up until Jesus comes. And today that turning point is found in this pink candle, and it's called joy. It's called joy, and that's what we're going to talk about today. The scripture that was read was found in Luke chapter 2. I think we have that on the screen. Luke chapter 2, it says, But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said, and I love this part, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. You can stop there, Lynn. Great joy to all people. I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all people. The word joy is defined like this, to delight in or have great happiness for. Now, here's something amazing that you may not know. The word joy has actually been used less and less and less and less over time as a matter of fact we use the word joy today about one sixth or one seventh less than they used it at the turn of the around the 1900s right whenever they started the new century in the 1900s they used the word joy a lot but we have used the word joy less and less and less and less But here's the thing I want you to understand. As we go through this Advent season, I want you to understand something. People are like, well, why are you doing this? Well, I wanted to do it because it's something a little different. It's something a little more traditional, but also because I want you to understand something. And here's what I want you to understand. The, 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 The things that we've covered so far, the hope, the peace, and now today, the joy. The hope, the peace, and the joy. Those things are supposed to be foundational things that lift you up and that hold you up and that sustain you, not just during the Christmas season, but through your entire lives. As a matter of fact, they're supposed to be present at all times with you as you follow Jesus and as you live your day-to-day life. That's what they're supposed to be. And that's what joy is supposed to be as well. It's supposed to happen every single day. Here are some things I want you to know about joy. The first one is this. Our lives are to be marked by joy. Our lives are to be marked by joy. If you're a follower of Jesus, all right? If you're a follower of Jesus, then your life is to be marked by joy. Now, I've already told you this, but I want to tell you a little bit more. The church, when I gave my life to Christ, the church, honestly, I love that church. I still love it today, but I'll tell you, It was full of a bunch of fuddy-duddies. Are you with me? It was full of a bunch of fuddy-duddies. It really was. Did anyone else here grow up in a church like that? Did anyone else here grow up in a church where they told you more of what not to do than what to do? Did anyone else grow in a church like that? It was full of old fuddy-duddies. And I'm going to tell you something. I decided early on that I didn't want to be like that. I never wanted to be like that. Especially after I saw that passion play, I was like, listen, if that's who Jesus is, and the more I read the scriptures, the more I realized that's who Jesus was, I do not want to be like those people. I decided long ago that instead of having a comb over, I would shave my head because I think that's what Jesus would do if he was going thin. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, 70-year-old comb overs, Starts way over here around the ear and comes all the way over. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? If you have a comb over, I'm sorry. Just shave your head for God's sakes. Anyway, but listen, I decided long ago that I would not do that. The sermons I heard, listen, I would walk into the church and I would hear this. You know what that is? That was the fun suckers sucking all the fun out of life itself. That's what it was. It was the fun sucker sucking all the, li- all the life out of life itself. And that's what I heard. And every sermon, the guy would get up, and he would, bam, pound the pulpit. I'll never forget one time, I started dating this girl. She was much, much less attractive than my wife, of course. And I started dating her. I just didn't even hardly like her. It was a charity date anyway. But I started dating her. I started dating her. Boy, I'm glad I met Wendy, though. Uh, I started dating her. And here's the thing, I want to tell you this. Here's the thing, I started dating her and I was so excited to date her because she was pretty and I was, well, I was this. And, uh, and she ended up, she ended up, I ended up talking to the pastor about her. I said, hey, listen, I met this girl. He said, well, where does she, is she a Christian? And I said, of course she's a Christian. I'm not going to date anybody, it's not a Christian. He says, well, where does she go to church? And I told him where she goes to church. And he said, well, I'm glad you're dating her. Maybe eventually she'll learn what the truth is of the Bible. And I was like... What a poopy head. I was excited about this whole situation. And now he comes in here and tells me this. It was fun sucker central. And I'm going to be honest with you. I never felt like I fit into a system of a church. I didn't because there was all these rules and regulations. One time I started teaching a class at the church. And, uh, and I, liked, I was teaching middle schoolers. Uh, and so they liked music. And I would found some music. And I started playing Christian music. All right, now back then, this was like Michael W. Smith and Sandy Patty. All right, I'm just letting you know, it was, it was lame to, from the get-go. And I would play it kind of loud. And uh, whenever I would play it, uh, there was a couple of guys that would come by, and they would look, and they'd go, turn that mess down, every single Sunday. And me, being the obedient person that I am, turned it up. That's what I did. That's what I did. I did. I turned it up. I just didn't fit into the church system. There was a guy that came one time, and I'll never forget this. He came, and he actually came back later on in my life, but I saw this guy at a church. I went to a church, and I witnessed this guy. and He comes in. Now, I'm not telling you to go this far. He had went a little extreme, but he comes in. He's got tattoos all over him, and he has got a T, a T, I mean, a, a cross, not a T, a cross cut out in the back of of his head where his hair was like it started on this crown and it went all the way down and it was across and that was his hair and he was at this traditional church speaking and he was honest and he was transparent and he was real and you know what else he was he was effective and people began to flood the altars and I was sitting there and thinking man I'm probably not going to make it long enough to have the hair thing going on, but as far as that goes, but I can do that. I can do that. God can use me. And I decided right then that my life, I wanted my life to be marked with joy and with being who exactly God wanted me to be. And that's the same thing. It's the same thing that I want to encourage you to do today. Listen, I'm not here. This is not a church that's going to, have, we, we don't have a secret cutout in the back of what a Christian's supposed to be. We don't have that in the back. And we're not going to try to shove you through it to make you pop out on the other side as this thing, this clone of what we're supposed to be. No, I want you to walk with, experience, have a transparent and real relationship with Christ that will produce peace, that will produce hope, And that will produce joy in your life because there's nothing more joyful than when you're doing exactly what God created you to do. There's nothing more joyful than whenever you are being exactly who God had in mind when he created you. Nothing more joyful than that. The other day, Wendy and I went to the grocery store. We went to Walmart the other day and... uh, There was three lines open, of course. They have 50 lines. There was three open. So we got to stand there and stand there. And people were frustrated. You know how people get. You know what I'm saying? People were frustrated. And people were, you know, being ill and all these kind of things. But I want to tell you something. Wendy and I decided long ago, we decided long ago, we're not going to be mean to the checkout people at Walmart. We're not. And we're not going to be mean to the people down at at Kroger or wherever else. We're not going to do that. We're not going to be mean to those people, all right? And we're because let me say something. I'll assure you that that person checking you out, I'll assure you that they didn't wake up that morning and say, man, I am so thankful that I get to work at Walmart as a checker, as a cashier on the busiest day of the year. I'll assure you they didn't think that. They didn't think that at all. So we got up there, and Wendy, like she always does, she engages in a conversation. Can I tell you something? That lady who was checking her out was so shocked that Wendy engaged a conversation with her. She was. It was like, boop, boop. Uh, Oh, oh, I'm, I'm fine. It was like, someone spoke to me? Oh my gosh, someone knows I'm here? Someone, I'm not just some kind of robot? That's what happened. Can I tell you something? People need to see your life marked with kindness and hope and peace Enjoy. They need to see that. They need to see that. You need to overflow. You need to overflow onto other people. Listen, everyone notices first. You know what people notice first when I put this up here? You know what they notice? You know why I've been asked more than anything? What's the pink candle for? That's what they ask me. Hey, what's the pink candle for? Why is there a pink candle up there? They assume that the middle candle, the tall white one, is for, is for Christ's arrival, you know, on Christmas Eve, when we do our Christmas Eve service, they always say, what's the pink candle for? You know why? Because it stands out. It does. It stands out. Can I tell you something? At your job and in school, uh, kids in school and, and in society and at Walmart and, and at Ashley Park and wherever you go, and Hannah in the Marines, thank you, Hannah's back, you guys. Give Hannah a hand. She just got back from basic. So thankful for her service. And Hannah in, in the Marines, can I tell you something? that pink candle people should look in the whole crowd and say what's that person who is that person why are they living their life differently that's exactly who we're supposed to be you know a lot of people want to get caught up and they want to say well this is something that that I used to heard pastors say all the time well happiness happiness is simply an emotion and God doesn't care if you're happy or not God wants us all to be joyful and that really sounded joyful didn't it Oh, let me get some of that No, let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? Yeah, happiness is an emotion. It really is. And joy, joy is a state of mind, all right? Happiness is an emotion, and joy is a state of mind. But let me tell you something. God cares about both of them. He does. He cares about both of them. You know why? Because I care about both of them for my own children. I do. I care about, and you do too. You do too. You would never, never tell your kid, son, I am so glad that you're joyful. I don't care if you're happy or not. I just want you to be joyful. You know and I know you'd never say that. And can I tell you something? God wouldn't either. God wouldn't either. He cares about both of them. You know, there was a, there was a lady who was going to have to go into a nursing home. She was going to have to go into assisted living and she was walking. She was getting the tour. And so she was getting ready to go to her room. And the lady said, okay, well, listen, I've showed you the, I've showed you the, and they were really worried. Her family was really worried that she wasn't going to like it. And she said, look, I've showed you the cafeteria and I've showed you where they do the wreck." And she said, let me show you the room. And the lady starts walking and she said, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And she was like, uh, well, ma'am. We're not there. Oh, I just love it. I just love it. I 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 love it. And the lady said, well, oh, ma'am, we're not, we're not at your room yet. She said, no, no, I know. but I've already made up my mind I'm going to love it. I've already made up my mind it's going to be great. I've already made up my mind it's going to be enough. I've already made up my mind that I'm going to be happy about it. I've already made up my mind that I'm going to have joy. And that leads me to the second point. We have to practice joy. We have to practice joy. That may sound weird to you, but just like the lady, we have to practice joy. Joy doesn't come easy for us. We oftentimes are not content with what we have. We oftentimes are not content with the situation that we find ourselves in our life. Can I tell you something? And you may not know this, but, and I didn't know it either until I started researching stuff a few years ago. But can I tell you something? Do you know that when you smile, when you smile, okay, I want everybody to do this, all right? Even you, Josh. I want everyone to do this, all right? Josh smiles all the time. Listen, I want everybody to do this. Everybody smile on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three, smile. Really, bro? Really? I'm just kidding. Listen, can I tell you what happens when you smile? When you smile, those endorphins in your brain that cause anxiety and stress, you know what happens to them? They decrease. They decrease they automatically start to go down. They do. And here's the kicker. Are you ready for this? You're not going to believe this, but it's true. Your body can't tell the difference between you faking a smile and smiling genuinely. Make it a point. Listen, if you know Jesus, tell your face. Tell your face if you know Christ. Tell your face Tell your face. Joy's a mindset, you guys. It's a mindset. Let me tell you how I do it. Let me tell you, I'm not always joyful. Lord, Wendy and Blake can tell you that, and my daughter Bailey surely could, and some of you could too. But listen, I try, shut up, Samantha. I try my best. She's over, Samantha, Samantha's got a semester of college and she thinks she runs the place now. Okay, great. You got an A in your class. Good for you. Now listen. I, uh, I do. Here's what I, try. I started doing this, and I've seen such a huge difference in my life. It's this. I start my day being thankful for what God has done for me. I do. I literally, my feet do not hit the floor now. They don't hit the floor until I say, God, thank you so much thank you so much for what you've done for me and for what I have. You say, oh, you don't do it every, I do. I started doing it every day a couple months ago and I just say, God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you've done for me. Thank you so much. And I start listening things. Thank you, Lord, God, for my son. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for even my crazy dog. And thank you for my daughter. And thank you for my home. God, thank you so much for my family. Thank you so much for the vehicles I drive. And thank you so much for the provision, for my job, for Wendy's job. And I go on and on and on. I sit there and I thank God for all of these various things. And here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. Then I do this. I say this. I say, God, I want you to know that I submit to your plan today, no matter what it is. No matter what it is, I submit to your plan. God, right now, as I lay here in bed, all right, as I lay here in bed, I am telling you, God, I submit to your plan today, and I trust your plan. I trust your plan. I submit, and I trust your plan, God. And then the third thing I do is, is I get up, and from that moment until I go to bed, I start looking for God in my life. I start looking for opportunities to be joyful for people. I start looking for opportunities to help people. I start looking for opportunities. I start seeing God in every day. You say, gosh, you think about it all the time. No, sometimes I forget it. And then all of a sudden, God smacks me in the face. The other day, I was coming out of, I posted this online. I I was coming out of of the the potty uh, at Walmart. Uh, And uh, I came out and I walked. And right there, there was a lady there. Um, there was an African American young lady. She looked to be about 22 or 23 years old. And, and then there was this older lady standing there and I, I'm nosy. And so I was like, okay, what's going down here? And so I kind of walked over and grabbed my card and listened. And the, the lady, the younger girl says to the older lady, she says, no, I know, I know, you know, I saw that you couldn't get all those things. I paid for them. These are yours. And immediately the old lady started bawling, crying, and they grabbed each other. They didn't even know each other. They grabbed each other and hugged each other. And as she was weeping. The lady was weeping. And the lady turned around and walked off. And I was facing the wall because I was crying a little bit. Don't judge me. I was. It was such an opportunity. And immediately God said, that's who I want you to be. That's who, that's who we need to be. That's what causes joy. I submit myself over to God, and then I look for God throughout the day. Do you know research has shown, I want you to get this, I want you to hear this. Do you know what brings about joy in people's lives? Do you know, do you know the answer to what brings about joy in people's lives? Here they are. Are you ready? I want you to hear this. Nicer homes do not bring about any joy in people's lives nicer homes. They don't. Um, Here we go. New cars do not bring about joy in people's lives. They don't. They don't. Better jobs. Better jobs do not bring about any joy. This is not biblical research. This is research done by scientists on the level meter of joy. And those three things do not bring about any length of long-term happiness or joy into anyone's life. None of them do. Zero. Literally, the meter goes up barely for a second and goes right back down. There's nothing. No long-term joy. As a matter of fact, I want you to hear this. I I forget the number, but I think it was in the 80s. 80-some-odd percent of people that have won the lottery, one year after winning the lottery, regret winning it and wish that they had never won the lottery to begin with. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? It's so sad. It's so sad. You know, I, uh, I have, a, I have a, a relative of mine that's, uh, that's very smart. He's, uh, I'm very proud of him. He's very smart and very successful. He's very successful. And um, he, he uh, was, was, there was a, the company he worked for was bought out, and he got kind of a golden parachute. You know what I mean? He got a large amount of money. I'll just leave it at that. He got a large amount of money for that. He was very high up in the company. And I called him and I said he's a strong believer in Christ. And I called him and I said, hey, man, I said, what did it feel like depositing that check into the bank? And you know what he told me? He said, you know, it's crazy. He said, man, I thought I would walk out of that bank with so much peace. He said, but can I tell you something? I walked out and I had more stress than when I walked in. It causes no happiness or joy in my life. As a matter of fact, I'm finding it causes some of the opposite. Some of the opposite. Here is what causes true joy. You ready? Deep relationships. Deep relationships. That causes true joy. Here's the second thing. Being content with your life today. And here's the kicker on this one. Even the bad things. And that's a hard one. Even the bad things. That allows for us to be joyful. The third thing is this, being thankful intentionally. That causes joy. That causes joy. And the fourth thing, and this was secular research, so it is what it is. We know as God, but it was having an understanding of, an high, of a higher power and submitting to that higher power. I would tell you having an understanding of God and then submitting your life over to God. Those are the four things that bring about joy. Do you know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like the life that Jesus gave us and saw and that we saw in him. It sounds like the life of someone that would dance at a party. That's what it sounds like to me. You know, the final thing I wanna tell you is this. The final way that we can celebrate joy is this. We can remember why Jesus came to begin with. Remember why Jesus came to begin with is the final thing. We can remember why he came and he came for this. Here's what he says, Psalm 51, 12. David's talking here. He says, restore to me. Here it is. Restore to me the joy, the joy of your salvation. Return to me. Restore it to me. Give it back to me. I want the joy that I had when I, I gave my heart over to you and make me willing to obey you. Restore that to me. I can't tell you, for all you guys, but for me, when I gave my life over to Christ, man, that was an amazing day in my life. When I finally decided it was like a weight had been lifted off of me. And can I tell you something? Sometimes, you guys, sometimes we need a reminder. Sometimes. We need a reminder of that moment when you gave your heart and your life over to Christ. And so today, you're gonna get a reminder. Today, I'm gonna show you a reminder of what it was like when you gave your heart and your life over to Christ. I'm gonna ask Amber to come up here. Amber is with us today. A couple of months back, Amber approached me and she said, Pastor Barry, I've given my heart and my life over to Christ a while back, but I've never been baptized. And I said, all right, Amber, well, let's get this thing done. And we scheduled a date, and this knucklehead hurt her knee and had to have surgery. And we had to reschedule it, and we rescheduled it for today. And I think that was a God thing, because I think he knew that we were going to be talking about joy and returning, returning the joy that you had when you gave your heart over to Christ. And so Amber and I are going to head back and Jeremy and the worship team is going to come up. Connor's going to be up here to pray for you and we're going to get ready and I'm going to get the privilege and the honor of of baptizing Amber today. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com click on the contact us tab we invite you to join us on sunday at 11:15 a.m at the worship center on the campus of central christian school in sharpsburg also check out our website or facebook page for directions until next time god bless and remember to love god love others and live real